Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack. Never change me and my son of rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid. Could touch the blue part of the flame. The blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom. Welcome to Sportsfire. The sports comedy podcast that waited 43 days between episodes, then blamed it on you. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Rob Manfred's Chuckle Hut. Coming up, fan-sided's Ariana Prasad is here to take us through the offseason's biggest NFL breakups. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. MLB commissioner and big asshole Rob Manfred canceled the first two series of the season after the two sides failed to reach an agreement prior to the league's self-imposed deadline. Critics called Manfred canceling games a, quote, disastrous outcome. Oh, wait, so sorry. That was Rob Manfred several months ago. He said that, and then he did that. MLB owners have vowed to continue negotiations Thursday and continue them in good faith sometime in June. The last time baseball had a black eye this severe, they iced it with cheating. You, uh, you got any more of that cheating? After beating the Bucks on the road, Kyrie Irving said, quote, he can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is exactly why we told him to take the vaccine. This was preventable. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has changed the vaccine mandate, so Irving will now be allowed to watch a Brooklyn Nets home game from the seats, but still can't play. This is in accordance with the CDC's guidance to bother the hell out of Kyrie Irving. Follow the science. The science of ruining one man's brain chemistry. During road games, Irving will now have to show his vaccine passport to get back on defense, which honestly should not change his game that much. Ben Simmons' back injury still has not cleared him to practice with the Nets. The guard will return as soon as he's able to get shots up comfortably, so never. Seven of the top 10 teams in the college basketball AP Top 25 lost this past weekend, including number one Gonzaga. Duke was not one of them, though. Of course they weren't. Coach K surviving is just more proof that cockroaches will be the only thing standing after World War III. Tampa Bay Bucks Pro Bowl guard Ali Marpet has retired at the age of 28. Like Tom Brady, Marpet is also universally considered the GOAT, guard of absence in Tampa. The seven-year veteran stepping down stunned a lot of people. Said Rob Gronkowski, seven years as a veteran still isn't enough for USAA? Former Boston Red Sox top prospect Brett Netzer was released after a string of racist and anti-Semitic tweets. Netzer will now hope to find a job on the 1950s Boston Red Sox. Vladimir Putin's honorary president status was suspended by the International Judo Federation. Even more damaging, they gave him their bad sportsmanship award. Unfortunately, Putin is welcome in Phil Mickelson's brand new judo league. NYCFC has signed the youngest player in MLS history to a contract. Even weirder, it's somehow still Freddie Adu. Art Bryles, yes, Art Bryles, informed Grambling State 
after much controversy that he would not be joining their football team staff. Unfortunately, that derails Grambling's plans to install the cover-up to defense. And now we talk NFL breakups, both those that have already happened and are still to come, with Fansided's NFL relationship expert and editor, Ariana Prasad. It is breakup season in the NFL. We are closer to free agency. Some breakups have already happened. Some famous breakups are on the horizon. So to help us talk through this NFL offseason full of a ton of heartbreak, we got fan-sided zone and certified NFL relationship counselor, Ariana Prasad, to talk us through who's winning, who's losing. Are these breakups for the best? Is one party in the middle of a downward spiral? Is somebody going to get a nose ring? This is the important information that we need to go through ahead of NFL free agency. Ariana, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got a lot of expertise on the subject, how people can move on, how people can move forward. Uh, and you personally went through an NFL breakup in recent years. And I know you're sort of decked out in remembrance of that moment. Of course. Well, I would like to add that I am a child of divorce as a fan of the New England Patriots, and there's no getting over that. What has been the bigger breakup in recent decades, right? So uh, I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt from JE11, so repping the New England pride. I'm heartbroken that Edelman left. I understood that it was his time to go and it was for the best and it was healthy. But of course, as a fan, that hurts. And then, you know, Brady Belichick, we're still talking about what that breakup means and who won that breakup. That's always been a hot conversation. So, uh, Adam, thank you for having me. And yeah, I uh, unfortunately as am an expert on the subject. So would just like to touch on some of the breakups we're seeing this offseason. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is healthier for both parties. Tom Brady won a ring. Bill Belichick got the QB of the future. There's health in New England. They're both, I would say, thriving. One of them is decided to spend more time with his family. Typically, both sides do that after a breakup. But, you know, in, in this instance, Tom Brady, little quality family time. We are watching Tom Brady's second breakup as we speak. So, of course, you're uniquely suited to comment on what is going on in Tampa. Tom Brady, of course, retired. Bruce Arians lobbing some grenades in the last couple of days. It seems like unlike the Brady Belichick breakup where both parties had a chance to win. I don't know if Bruce Arians and what's left of the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win this breakup. Yeah, no, that's fair. When I think about the second Brady breakup, I know, well, I cried and I cried when he left in new England, but there was a lot more denial. I think that this time I thought, okay, it was easier to accept that he was going to retire, even though he was denying it. You knew the end was coming. And yeah, I, I, you know, it works for Brady, but yeah, what has he done to the box, right? The winner of this, of course, is Brady and his family, and he gets to move on and start making movies and everything, but it's left the Bucks in ruins. And I think that Bruce Arians recent comments saying that letting Brady go to another team would be bad for business. I do agree for him. Why would the Bucks let him go? It's even, I think about the New England Patriots letting Gronkowski go to the Buccaneers to play with Tommy. I mean, worked out for the Buccaneers, but what other choice did New England have? Gronk wasn't going to go back there, but still they did. They let him go and they let him leave and go there. So this works out for Brady, but Ali Marpet, it inspired him to leave. And I think that when the Bucks said that they were going to run it back, this was the year to do that. They didn't accomplish that. Antonio Brown left with his own destructive breakup from the team and really hurt the chances. This was Tom's last chance to win a ring. So he could play another year, but 
I wouldn't imagine him to go somewhere else in the Bucks. A lot of people are talking about 49ers, and I understand there's still that San Francisco connection, but the 49ers have passed over him so many times. Why? That seems like a toxic person from your past. Maybe that crush you had in high school that never really liked you back. And just like years and years later, you're just, oh, well, I would do anything to get that person, maybe glorifying them. Why are we doing that with the 49ers, y'all? I don't get it. Like, I think Tom loves his family in San Francisco, loves the area, loves visiting, but I don't understand why he would want to play there. So it would be very poetic if, you know, he replaced Jimmy G and kind of won that battle another time. So there's a lot of interesting storylines there, but yeah, it is bad for business. So he kind of burned the bucks. Why would they let him go? The Tom Brady San Francisco thing is definitely like that, like the girl in high school who sits, who goes to every game, like watches the senior QB and like thinks they have something special because they're watching from the stands. And then you meet that guy and he's just like a total dirtbag. It's like, you're totally right. Like it is sort of like, do you really want to, do you want to, do you want to meet your heroes? Do you want to date your heroes? Do you, do you know, you're 45 now you're an adult. You want to go play for your childhood team after they have repeatedly, you know, not been able to come to an agreement. I think that's really funny. And and talking about Antonio Brown, obviously the breakup of the century. It's like, it's like that movie thing. that doesn't happen in real life when somebody's like throwing clothes out of a window and then like throws ottoman. a speaker system. Yeah. An ottoman, like something way bigger. And you're like, geez, like, how do you even lift that? Like the Antonio Brown breakup is the first example of that I've ever seen in real life. He's like chucking shoulder pads. He's just given all the Jets fans souvenirs. I mean, that that's, that's movie stuff. Yeah, even I feel like when Avante Davis like walked off the field and that was kind of this dramatic moment that, oh my God, he actually just retired from the NFL. I think the thing is that AB doesn't even realize that he did retire from the NFL in that moment. I think he's coming to accept that now that he's heading over Donda Sports, but it's always on his terms. With him, I think that the breakup, like he has to own the narrative and always be in control, which going back to Brady Belichick, for the most part, both of them kind of kept silent on everything that was going on, right? It was a very classy breakup. There wasn't all this drama, but with AB, I mean, yeah, throwing things out the window, he took all the dirty laundry and accused the Bucks of all these things that I'm going to sit. And when you think about it, what grounds did AB have? The Bucks would not have released him in that way if he had, and if they forced him to play through an injury, that would have been a huge lawsuit for the Buccaneers. So much legal drama. The fact that they were able to cut him proves that there was nothing there, but still AB is going on with his narrative, his story of the breakup. So, but you know, I think that all his other actions kind of destroy that credibility that he has with his narrative. Yeah. That, when you're getting legal process involved, that's a breakup of the next order of magnitude. I, I want to talk for a second about my favorite breakup of the NFL offseason before we dive into more drama. Josh Allen losing Brian Dable, losing Joe Shane, his, you know, an executive who helped build his team, the guy who coordinated his offense, both go to the New York Giants. This is sort of an unprecedented variety of breakup because, and, and this is what happens when your team is good. So it's not unprecedented. Like if your team is elite, you have to break up. You, you got to lose. The Patriots lost Josh McDaniels like seven times. And then he came back and he left again this season. But, you know, Josh Allen losing Shane and Dable is kind of like this just blindsided dumping of like, you guys just shared the best day of your life together. You, yeah. everybody agrees that Chiefs Bills game is probably the game of 2022. And right after that, like horrible loss, but you still had all the time, all the fun and all the time in the world together. And you wake up the next day and your girlfriend's just like got an early plane ticket out of Cabo. And she's like, 
I didn't, I'm not feeling it. And you're like, what on earth? And she's like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to go to the big city. And it's like, I, th- but isn't Buffalo great? Like, <laughs> and I'm a Giants fan. So of course I'm thrilled that we were able to take the pieces from this relationship and stitch them together into something nice. And Josh Allen, I feel like though, is going to wake up days and then see his like former lover on a magazine cover and just be like, ah, that was, she was the girl next door. And now she's New York. You know what I mean? No, I completely agree with you there. And I uh, love the categories, uh, sorry, characterization that you had of that relationship. Yeah, I think about, you know, it's like two people building something together. You know, imagine maybe like one is putting the other through like law school or medical school and then finally graduating and then like that person's gone. You know, it's like they they really helped to build up Josh Allen and develop him. And it's like, hey, now that we're actually going to reap the benefits, we've put in the work to make this relationship work. But then you're going to go and mess up the dynamic what's going to happen to me what's going to happen to you is daniel jones like can they develop him right he's been in the nfl for a few years okay yeah you're giants fan you're telling me (laughs) yeah like what's there yeah so okay are you going to bring in a new quarterback like when are you how are you going to strike gold again like you did with josh allen and then the other thing i think about is such a powerhouse afc east team right like especially with you know ending like that patriots dynasty and they're trying to work their way back up but come on the bills have got this on lock right now they're hot they're trying to push their way back to the super bowl so what does this do for that this was a team that was still trying to get there still trying to beat those chiefs out you know so what's going to happen next year for the team? And I, I do think Josh Allen is immensely talented and he has learned so much already and he'll continue to develop. So if there's a winner, I think Josh Allen will continue to be great. I'm sure, so, you know, someone else is going to get that out of him. But, you know, is Brian Dayball going to be able to strike gold again and, and find another relationship like that? You bring up a great point, though, that we, we focus too much on Josh Allen getting left at the altar. But it is a thing where he's going to be scrolling Instagram looking for, you know, his ex's new man and just look at Daniel Jones and be like, really? Like, are we sure? Like, that's oh, great. And then, you know, you never know if you feel better in that scenario or worse knowing where they went to next. It's like, is it good that it's an objective downgrade or does it make you feel worse that they chose that, you know? It's a great point. I think sometimes in relationships, especially when it comes to breakups and we're petty, right? We start to assign value. If you ever looked through and you're like interested in someone, it's like, oh, they dated that person. Maybe they're not as attractive as I thought. I Psychologically, I don't know. That's how we are. And it's not great as people. But when it comes to the NFL and evaluating talent, we do that all the time. We look at the surrounding cast. Who are your friends? Who are this? Where are you? And we look at status. We care about that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Josh Allen's reputation will be unaffected. But let's say like the Daniel Jones experiment doesn't work out. And Dave put the test. Is he going to be out of there in just a few years after shining? That happens all the time. So it could, it could be an, I could fix him thing though, where Dable's just like attracted to the damaged, like, like I know what to do. I, I did it with you, Josh. Like I could do it again. And then we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who wants to go through life like that. Maybe just find yourself a partner who cares about you and who's bringing unique things to the table. So that you don't have to just weed it out of them. Like you don't have to water that plant. Maybe there's a more perfect match for you without you having to do all the work. This is getting very deep. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about rumored breakups. And the, the one at the headline at the top of the list is uh, the NFL's power couple, basically, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. No, sorry, actually, that's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who, again, I mean, it's hilarious that Aaron, and I mean, it's not hilarious, Aaron's going through divorce. It's not funny. But it is funny that the timing where he, he, his real-life relationship is, is with a movie star having you know hitting a snag and then Aaron and Devante are basically like the the Brad and Jen 
of the NFL, two extremely bankable stars who we watched grow up together, slightly different timelines, but still they, they hit their peaks at the same time. And you, you just grow up with them thinking, you know, Aaron and Devontae are in Green Bay. That's where they are. It works. They're the greatest duo in the NFL. You know, individually, great. Together, even better. Who could possibly imagine a better combination? And then all of a sudden, they're both potentially going elsewhere in the same year. Devontae's a free agent. He's going to cost a bajillion dollars. No one's going to be able to pay that. Aaron's contract is already in like the $40 million range. He's looking at Denver. Devontae's looking at the Raiders and your boy, Josh McDaniels. Uh, it's a classic Aaron Rodgers thing to do, I would say, in a breakup to try to just end up in Denver with a new hobby. Like all of a sudden, he's like a ski lodge guy or like he loves crystals and petrified wood. And you're like, you look back six months after the breakup and you're like, that's cool, man. That's awesome for you. I'm so glad that you found that for yourself. But then you go home and you're like, what was all that about petrified wood? Um, but Aaron and Devante, do you think they're going to continue this marriage? Uh, like at the end of Married at First Sight, you guys want to stay married? Or are they going to be one of the most catastrophic breakups and wind up in the same division potentially? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Definitely the hot topic. I think that well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers wants to be the winner of every breakup. He wants to control the conversation. Even, you know, when we think about Tom Brady announcing his retirement news, he said he didn't want to detract from the Super Bowl. What is Aaron Rodgers doing? He's like, I want to take up all the airtime that I possibly can. I want you to wonder what's going on. And I thought it was actually interesting recently. He was on Pat McAfee and in a very condescending way, he was like, oh, well, the Packers have changed a lot. They've become more like understanding. I've learned to be patient, but it was very, very much like they've learned how to cater to my needs. So I see Aaron Rodgers being very selfish in relationships. Now he's been quite generous with Devonte Adams. That's a huge conversation about, you know, how good are both of these players without each other? If they did break up, we know Adams had such a huge target share from Rodgers. Rodgers is an incredible quarterback. I'm not saying he's not talented, but in recent years, back-to-back -back MVP, like, Hey, Adams was there. So I understand there's this difficult place of Adams feels like he deserves to get paid. Rogers feels like he deserves to get paid and he might be on the way out. The Packers can't pay them both though. I don't know that the Packers can really pay either one of them. And then is it worth it? If they just get Rogers, he can make it work without Adams, but is it as good? Is it worth 50 million a year? I don't think so. Is it worth paying Devonte Adams, you know, making him the highest paid wide out in the NFL? If there's no Rodgers, probably not. So I think that the Packers are faced with this very rapid rebuild that they may have not been expecting. Maybe they've been expecting it for the past year after all the drama from last season. But yeah, and then, so the interesting part of that is, you know, imagine trying to get away from an ex and you end up moving to the same city. So if they're in the same AFC West division, that would be really interesting to see. And then I think that I could imagine Rodgers maybe getting jealous of this new relationship between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and them bonding and becoming bros and everything. And then I don't know that Rodgers is going to find that with another wide receiver, you know, so that's kind of a funny thing to think about, like, you know how he would describe that no but um yeah rogers rogers like getting matching outfits with Cortland sutton and being like it's the same and Cortland sutton just being like dude i am not into this at all please like stop looking right. like your dog <laughs> and then the other thing here i think that if rogers does go to denver there's peyton manning hanging over you how are you going to replicate that what if you don't win a super bowl with the second team you haven't won a super bowl there's all these talks about how you choke in the playoffs so Rodgers has a lot to prove with a new team. 
I don't even know that he can in the next few years, just because, you know, I think that, well, Roger's behavior in his actual human relationships demonstrates some of his issues with leadership, because I think that as a leader, and this has kind of been underscored over the past 10 years, why does he not win in those, you know, kind of like fourth, uh, fourth down kind of moments. And then like the game winning drive, like he has, he chokes on the game winning drive. Well, that comes down to your personality, to leadership, being able to inspire your team, making them believe these sort of things, which we know TB12 is great at, but <laughs> other quarterbacks excel, excel at this as well. But the ones who kind of falter in those big moments, that happens a lot with younger quarterbacks, but A-Rod does not have an excuse. So yeah, he is going to be that guy with crystals in Denver. I definitely see that. And I think he can also be like, for the Packers in a few years, they had great success with Rodgers, but hopefully they'll find someone else and they'll say, I'm glad we moved on from him. He was not good. He didn't treat us right. You know, maybe he was hot in his own way, but he did not treat us right and let him grow out his hair in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out last time. They've had Brett Favre right into him for like what I want to say is 75 years. It's shorter than that, but it feels <laughs> like forever. Like that's a long, healthy, you know, the Packers are the ones with the history of long, stable relationships. It's not Aaron Rodgers is not the one who's been driving this. It's funny even that he and Devontae, like their last game together so far in Green Bay, ended with him basically trying to force it. Like in the same way that many couples on their last legs are kind of like, you know, let's plan a trip to Disneyland. Like let's let's go to wine country, Sonoma. Like, and, the, and one party is like, oh, great. Yeah, okay, sure. But it's never <laughs> really working. Like the third and fourth quarter, he's just feeding Devontae and like he's covered. He's not open, dude. Like look for your other wide receivers. Like, trying for that one last fling, that one last hurrah. And it just, yeah, you're probably going to want, again, you're going to wind up in Denver looking at crystals uh, and the Packers are going to just find somebody else stable because that's what they do. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is at not, I'm not going to say unstable, but definitely made the most noise this year he's ever made. And so that is not really the Packers way. Um, He he made it, he changed a lot of people's minds about him this year. Um, Let's talk a little about uh, Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry which I just think is unique for a potential breakup song because Baker already had a breakup this year. We watched his number one wideout, Odell Beckham Jr., go to the Rams, be be the Rams offense for half of a Super Bowl before getting injured. Clearly, the problem in that relationship was not Odell Beckham Jr. And, and count me among those who... I was skeptical when he left Cleveland. I sort of said like, all right, your dad makes this video, makes this big deal about your exit, but are we really sure that you're going to be that much better off without Baker Mayfield? And then he, he is, he clearly is him and Matthew Stafford are, are a great bromance. So then Jarvis Landry, Odell's boy, this offseason starts to become maybe a cap casualty. Maybe we're cutting him. Maybe we're trading him. And it just makes you think, is Baker Mayfield the secretly toxic boyfriend of the NFL? Like this would be two in five months and, and they're two best friends. And you know what those best friends are talking about. Yeah, no, I think that sometimes there's this interesting thing that happens in the NFL. So maybe you draft someone and they're an absolute bust and you draft someone that is a hall of famer, but so many teams see this and teams are reluctant to admit it, especially when they invest so much, but they draft someone who is okay, shows glimpses of greatness, maybe takes your team to the playoffs. They're not that Hall of Famer. They're not that great of a QB. And I think that Baker Mayfield, there was a lot of doubt of, around him coming in the NFL and people were quick to say, oh, well, he isn't actually that bad. But I think that what you're saying, and maybe it's not just the relationships like 
you know, like how he actually is. And it could be that because there's been so much, you know, he's even dropped things about there being drama in the locker room this year for all sorts of reasons, right? Especially around his injuries. So there's tension between Baker and the team. And I'm sure that affected his teammates. What I said earlier about leadership, you know, if he's injured and he feels like the team's not behind him, how is he going to motivate his fellow players? And we know that Jarvis Landry has been so dedicated to the Browns his entire time there. So like what changed, you know, why is Jarvis feeling this way now? So, yeah, I think that it's interesting that Baker is a part of all of these conversations, but also like not being able to deliver to his wide receivers. You know, I think that that can become very frustrating. I think that, like Odell, I'm so glad you bring that up because he was frustrated in New York. And we, yeah. we saw him frustrated with the Browns. The way he expressed it is not a way that a lot of people agreed with. But at the same time, there's this push of like, I want to be the best I can be. I'm a wide receiver. I'm depending on my quarterback to bring the best out of me. And I haven't had the best quarterbacks. That makes me angry. So he was quiet when he went to the Rams with Matthew Stafford. Is that because, you know, he signed a cheap deal and it was kind of, of like his prove it to, yeah okay yeah sure that was a part of it but it could have had to do with the team dynamics and being paired with a really good quarterback so yeah it's interesting maybe baker is this guy who doesn't mean to be toxic but is mm-hmm. you know like maybe he has you know he's like like or i don't want to just say guy i'm speaking from you know sorry but um but no that person in a relationship who maybe has like low self-esteem it doesn't mean to bring you down but does and isn't getting the best out of you or supporting you in your life or anything so i don't know that he necessarily means to bring his wide receivers down but just not being the best quarterback maybe he just makes them want to leave or doesn't give them a reason to stay yeah it also i do feel like he's like he's loud he's brash he's that kind of guy that we know who like at some point, somebody told him he was the funniest or coolest guy in the room, right? <laughs> so like that formative moment when you're like 10 or 11 and you get just a huge laugh at like some social function or camp or something. And from that moment on, you're just validated and you're like, I can say whatever I want. Everything I say is so funny. And then, you know, you're putting on a show. And at a certain point, you, you know, Odell doesn't want to tell him he's a little tired of it. Jarvis doesn't want to tell him Odell told him he's a little tired of it. He's kind of going, you know, he's in commercials. He's on TV all the time. He lives alone in the Cleveland Stadium. And, you know, maybe at a certain point, it became more about being entertaining for Baker Mayfield than it, it did, you know, about maintaining the relationship. Do I sound like Colin Coward there? Was that a Colin Coward take? Because I don't know if I believe that, but. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting way of being secretly toxic, you know, just like the center of the universe guy who the first time he's told, Hey, I'm actually going to leave is like, wait, what? I'm perfect. What are you talking about? But in reality, there's stuff to work on there. Yeah, no, I feel that. I also feel like, uh, maybe, I don't know. I, I, uh, I understood how like Baker was perceived at coming into the draft and I thought he was like brash and everything. And then I did see him talk in a few interviews and everything. And then also um, like last year when he was trying to get someone released from prison um, and he had been supporting that cause since he was uh, in Oklahoma, like that made me really respect him. So I think that he maybe is a little complicated, you know, I think there's things going on there. Like, is the drama his fault? You know, it's not clear right now. And I, I think that even, you know, um, just to go back to the whole Brady Belichick thing, I understand why they broke up. I'm not necessarily mad at either. I just feel it was this conscious un- uncoupling that happened eventually because New England life is hard. The winner, no. But I mean, like, <laughs> it is really hard to play there. I understand completely why Belichick runs his team the way he does. I understand why Tom wanted to do things a little bit differently. He had learned so much at that point. So, yeah, I, but 
sorry to go back to Baker. Like, is it him? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know that we know enough now. Maybe if Jarvis leaves and we see him succeed elsewhere, I think that'll give a little more evidence to like Baker's. I think his play is a problem. I think he's an inconsistent quarterback and it's, he's not going to be that hall of famer. He's just like this in between. So all he really is doing is kind of messing up them getting this really high draft pick to draft someone else, you know? And I know that the Browns have been through so much cycling in recent years. Right. So especially with their quarterback. So, okay. They found someone to hold them over, but he's not really great enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I, I think that you're right. I think that there's no worse place to be in the NFL than in between the Browns are officially in between and Baker's wide receivers are all trying to get out of that weird zone. So it, it makes total sense that way. Before we sign off, I do want to talk about the breakup that is being telegraphed. Like people are screaming from the rooftops for next year, not this year, but it's like in a movie where you can absolutely see it coming. And that's Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy with Sean Payton as the other girl in that meme, like where the girl catches her boyfriend looking at somebody else and just the shocked faces directly towards the camera. Like Sean Payton's going to, he, he's, he quit the saints. He's floating. He might go to Fox for a year, get the bag. That's great. But Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy are both just sitting there being like, he's my coach. He's my owner. And you're like, there is the next girl is floating free for you. She's right there. She's wearing your hat. She's looking at you and she's, you know, she's got a year to prepare to go in for the kill. Like, I feel like we're all sort of ready for like, enjoy this last year. Really seriously enjoy it because they're Sean Payton. Right. But you know, there's always this like storyline in TV shows and films. And it's like someone who just got divorced. Maybe you go to your high school reunion and it's like, oh, that high school crush has a divorce. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it could be that, right? Like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And um. No, but, and that's really funny. I think, so here's the thing with Mike McCarthy before Sean Payton even left the saints, they were having conversations about, do we upgrade Caleb Moore? All of this, they're like, they had to prove that they were behind McCarthy. McCarthy was our guy. And here's another case of the in-between, right? He is not the greatest coach in the world, but they maybe didn't have enough just, it's like, well, we did make the playoffs. So can we fire him? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what like the Brian Flores firing was so shocking because it's like the Dolphin. He, the Dolphins weren't bad. Why did you fire him? This doesn't make sense. He, you were building things. He, he wasn't there very long. And obviously now we know a lot of reasons why that was, you know, why Flores was fired. So, but yeah, with, with the Cowboys, I mean, Jerry Jones is so outspoken. I think if there's an other girl he has an eye on, we know that, you know, he is going to go after what he wants. It's all the Jerry Jones show that there. So, um, but in this case, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, I think that sometimes NFL teams there, when they invest so much in someone, whether it's a player or coach, you're so reluctant to cut losses, especially when people are afraid of losing their jobs. Right. But sometimes it's like, no, we should move on. There are better people who could lead this team. So I think that having Sean Payton, obviously he has a history in Dallas and he would I'd be interested in that position. Unfortunately, with the Saints, we know they're in cap hell. Drew Brees, like all his superstars are gone. It's so, I'm from Louisiana. It's tragic <laughs> to see like in one year, like Michael Thomas got the bag and is like, I'm done with y'all. Drew Brees, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, what the hell, dude? You were like the last thing. So yeah, he like jumped ship. I think that Dallas would be a great place for him to be. I think that Sean Payton could bring out a lot the way he did in New Orleans. I think that Dak is a talented quarterback and definitely one of the 
leading cornerbacks in the NFL. And I think that with the right coaching, I think that they could bring a lot out of him. So I think the offense is very exciting. I, Sean Payton would do well there. And yeah, I, I guess, you know, in all of these breakups, like Brady leaving, I was in so much denial because I was like, this doesn't happen. Like the loyalty, like how could you leave? At this point, I'm so desensitized. I, I couldn't believe that Sean Payton would leave. And then he left and I was like, okay, fine. I guess like loyalty doesn't exist anymore and you guys will go where you want. But I think that Dallas could be a good situation for him to go to. Agreed. And isn't it funny how in shows all both halves of the divorce, like both halves of the old couple from high school are always divorced at the reunion. Isn't that interesting? They're <laughs> one of them is never together. And if they are together with someone, their husband or wife sucks. Like from line one, you're like, oh, this character sucks. They're going to be ditched by the end of the show or movie. Um, Ariana, thank you so much for joining me. Keep an eye on these breakups in the coming weeks. And when I need to bring ice cream to Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams' door, I'm going to give you a call and you can help me out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where that is. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Ariana Prasad, everybody. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers likes mint chip. And now, my final flame. This time of year, everybody wants to know who's on the bubble and what they can do to get off of the bubble. But it may shock college basketball fans to learn that we're likely no more than 20 years away from having to live in a bubble of our own due to the impending climate crisis. And there's nothing you can do to kick Indiana off of that bubble unless you'd like them to die. So perhaps it's time not to think of bubble teams, but of bubble friends. If space becomes limited in your bubble, who survives? Does the Miller family make it on their strength of schedule? Or do the Harpers get the advantage because of their net rating? AKA how many nets do they have and can they use those nets to catch small bears? It's time the analysts stop talking about quad one wins and start talking about quad one tins. AKA which tins of preserved food are top tier and how many of them do you currently have saved in your fallout shelter? Beans, that's a quad one tin. Salisbury steak, quad three. That won't help you much. Joe Lenardi's bracketology tells us that San Francisco might be one of the last four in, but if the sea levels keep rising, they certainly won't be. And it doesn't tell us about oxygen levels in the bubble, or which of your family friends can run fast enough to escape the hounds. This continent will soon be a wasteland if warming continues at this rate. Rutgers may be, quote, heating up, but so are the rest of us. It might take onions to go downtown, but only because of the warring independent tribes who've captured the territory. March Madness doesn't hold a candle to April showers, which used to bring May flowers, but now bring fire and brimstone. Again, unless you've got enough quad one tins to survive a nuclear winter. Because unless we're careful, it won't be the Sweet 16. It'll be the street dominated by 16. There will be no Elite Eight. You'll be elite based on how many dissidents you've ate. Final Four? More like Spinal Cord. Not sure how it'll be more like that, but it does rhyme. Bottom line, instead of filling out your bracket, you should fill out your frame by eating enough carbohydrates to survive the rest of your life in isolation. You'll learn to be a literal diaper dandy in no time. My thanks to Ariana Prasad. See you next Thursday.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.